Hello and welcome to Light for Living. My name is Pat Kilby. I'm the pastor at Cary First Baptist Church in Cary, North Carolina. Light for Living is a podcast designed to share biblical truth from a fresh perspective with an emphasis on relevant and practical application for our life. So currently we're teaching through the book of Revelation and today we're going to begin walking through Revelation chapter 21. So before we start looking at Revelation chapter 21, I want to take some time to review Revelation 20. So Revelation 20, um, I said last time when we were together, it's one of the high points, if not the high point of of the book of Revelation. Things come to a, a, a culmination. They come to a head. It ends with a great white throne judgment, and then we have a new heaven and a new earth, and we'll start looking at that. But Revelation 20, in review, we learn some things, and it's important because we learn about Satan being seized and cast into the abyss. He's cast into the abyss for a thousand years. Now, the prophet and, and the beast and the false prophet, they're already thrown into the lake of fire, but Satan himself is thrown into the abyss. He's locked there in chains for a thousand years. This is what we would call the, the millennium or the millennial reign of, of Christ. And so Satan, there is no presence of Satan in the millennium. Uh, we, we read that in verses 1 through 3. We learn about the millennial reign of Christ upon the earth, verses 3 through 10. Then Revelation chapter uh, 20, verse 4, we learn about the resurrection of the righteous. Verses 7 through 10, we learn about the final rebellion. We learn about the second resurrection of the wicked dead, the unrighteous, in verse 12. And then verses 11 through 15, we learn about the great white throne judgment. This is where uh, those who have died in rebellion, those who have died in their, uh, in their wickedness, in their unrighteousness, every person who dies without faith, in Jesus Christ, they will stand. The spirit and the body will be brought together. They will stand before Jesus. They will give an account for their life. And at that point, they will pay the wages of sin. Now, we understand the wages of sin is death. Either we allow Christ to pay that, or if we reject Christ, we will pay that through eternity in hell. Now, I don't want to take just a moment here to explain something because a lot of people ask me, how could a loving God send someone to hell? How could a loving God send someone to hell? Well, Jesus said, I've come to seek and save that which was lost. God crushed his own son on the cross so that we might have eternal life. Now, if God crushed his own son so that we could have eternal life, those who reject the grace the goodness, and the love of God, I see it as no problem for him to crush those who reject Jesus and reject his grace. So it's very, very important to understand those who die having rejected the grace and the love of God through his son, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, it is no small thing to expect or understand the judgment of God. I was sharing this with someone the other day, and as we read this scripture, we need to keep a few things in mind. We need to keep a few things in mind. God created the kingdom we live in. God rules the kingdom we live in. God saves the people in the kingdom we live in, and God will judge those who reject him in his kingdom that we live in. So if God created the kingdom, if God rules the kingdom, if God sustains the kingdom, 
if God saves the people in the kingdom. He will also judge the people in the kingdom, and he will judge those who reject him, and judgment is found at the great white throne. And those who are there, they will be guilty, and they will be sentenced and thrown into the lake of fire. So that's Revelation chapter 20. So as we begin Revelation 21, the millennium is past. The great white throne judgment has taken place. The unbelievers have been thrown into the lake of fire. Now it's time to learn about the new creation. So we're not going to do all of Revelation 21. There's just too much stuff. So we're going to focus on Revelation 21, verses 1 through 8. And here's what the Bible says. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne, Look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. He also said, Right, because these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will freely give to the thirsty from the spring of the water of life. The one who conquers will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But get verse 8. But the cowards, faithless, detestable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their share will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Wow. In these eight verses, man, there's some great words and there's some 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 haunting words. So after the great or after the scene of the great white throne judgment, John sees a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth, they've passed away. Now we're reminded of this, and Peter talks about it in Second Peter chapter three, verses ten through thirteen. Here's what he said. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. On that day the heavens will pass away with a loud noise. The elements will burn and be dissolved, and the earth and the works on it will be disclosed. Since all these things are to be dissolved in this way, it is clear what sort of people you should be in holy conduct and godliness as you wait for the day of God and hasten its coming. Because of that day, the heavens will be dissolved with fire and the elements will melt with heat. But based on his promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So Peter is talking about the same thing that that John sees. John sees in his revelation a new heaven and a new earth. The prophet Isaiah talks about the new heavens and the new earth in Isaiah 65, 13 and following. Listen to this. Therefore, this is what the Lord God says. Look, my servants will eat, but you will be hungry. Look, my servants will drink, but you will be thirsty. Look, my servants will rejoice, but you will be put to shame. Look, my servants will shout for joy from a glad heart, but you will cry out from an anguished heart, and you will lament out of a broken spirit. You will leave your name behind as a curse for my chosen ones, 
and the Lord God will kill you. But he will give his servants another name. Whoever asks for a blessing in the land will ask for a blessing by the God of truth. And whoever swears in the land will swear by the God of truth. For the former troubles will be forgotten and hidden from my sight. For I will create new heavens and a new earth. The past events will not be remembered or come to mind. Then be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For I will create Jerusalem to be a joy and its people to be a delight. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. The sound of weeping and crying will no longer be heard in her. In her, a nursing infant will no longer live only a few days or an old man not live out his days. Indeed, the one who dies at 100 years old will be mourned as a young man, and the one who misses 100 years will be considered cursed. People will build houses and live in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They will not build and others live in them. They will not plant and others eat. For my people's lives will be like the lifetime of a tree. My chosen ones will will fully enjoy the work of their hands. They will not labor without success or bear children destined for disaster, for they will be a people blessed by the Lord along with their descendants. Even before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb will feed together, and the lion will eat straw like cattle, but the serpent's food will be dust. They will not do what is evil or destroy on my entire holy mountain, says the Lord. Wow, what a word. What a thing to look forward to. I'm so glad I have hope in Jesus Christ. So after the great white throne judgment, there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Revelation chapter 20 verse 5 says everything will be new. The word translated new is the Greek word uh, kaonos, which means new, recently created, superior to that which is old. A new heaven, a superior heaven, a recently created heaven. The word heaven comes from the Greek word oranos, which refers to the portion of the universe distinguished from planet Earth. He is creating, listen, a new universe. The universe as we know it will be destroyed by God, and God will create an entirely new universe, and God will create an entirely new Earth because the former heavens and the former Earth are passed away. Just think about that. God is creating all things new. All things new. It's important to recognize the old or the former creation compared to the eternal creation. So if you're taking notes, if you want to, just take your Bibles and follow along. But we get to Genesis. Genesis talks about who created the earth and everything that's in it, who created the skies and the heavens and all of that. And we understand where sin comes in, where the curse comes in, where death comes in. And then Revelation, Revelation chapter 21 talks about the new. So let's uh, make some uh, examination or do some examination to make some comparison. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 1, 5, and 10, God created the heavens and the earth. God established and separated the night from the day. The seas were created and the sun was created. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 14 through 17, the curse of sin is proclaimed. And you can read in that section the ultimately uh, all the all the curses in the world, eating or excuse me, working by the sweat of our brow, all of these things. Uh, the curse of sin is proclaimed uh, for women. It's the the pain in childbirth and and so on. 
these are these are all curses of sin. Genesis chapter 3, verse 19, death is announced as part of the curse. Then you get to Genesis chapter 3, verse 24, God actually drove Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden. So the former things are marred by sin. The former things are influenced by sin, or the former things are cursed by sin. But you get to Revelation 21. Revelation 21, verse 1, God is creating a new heaven and a new earth. Revelation chapter 21, verse 23, there is no need for the sun. God himself is the light. Roman, or Revelation 22, verse 5, there is no night in heaven. Revelation 21, verse 1, there are no more seas. Now, literally, they're talking about no more seas. It's not to say that there's no more water. It's just going to be different there in the new heaven and the new earth. In Revelation 22, verse 3, there is no more curse. Revelation 21, verse 4, there is no more death. There are no more tears. Revelation 22, 14, humanity is restored to paradise. So we have the new, or excuse me, the old creation is going to be done away with. The old creation that was cursed by sin and replaced with a new creation, a new heaven and a new earth. And we find that, of course, in Revelation 21 and 22. The new heaven and new earth where God dwells with his people, this is reserved, and you need to understand this, this is reserved for those who are conquerors or those who are overcomers. So the word translated conqueror or overcomer comes from the same Greek word nikaio, which means superiority in battle, conflict, or competition. Uh, nikaio, nikaio, which uh, where we get the word Nike. So if you have Nike shoes, literally what you're saying is uh, victory. It means to win, to be victorious, to conquer, especially in battle, conflict, or competition. So as I was thinking about what it means to be a conqueror, what it means to be an overcomer, I think one of the greatest passages of Scripture in all the Bible is Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39, and the Apostle Paul says this to the believers in Rome. Once again, Romans 8, starting with verse 31. What, then, are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He did not even spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him grant us everything? Who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus, the one who died, but even more has been raised. He is also at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, because of you, we are being put to death all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers, nor height, or depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Those who are overcomers, those who are conquerors, they are the ones who receive the prize. The prize is eternal life with God in heaven. But as we finish up Revelation 21, verses 1 through 8, we must take a hard look at verse 8. 
Once again, verse 7, the one who conquers, the one who is victorious, the one who is the overcomer, they will inherit these things. What are these things? The things of, of God, the things in heaven. No more pain, no more sorrow. God will wipe away all tears. We will enjoy the blessing of God. Now understand, the scripture says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard. It's not even entered into the imagination of anyone what God has in store for those who love him. The conquerors are the ones who receive the gift of eternal life. We're the ones that drink freely from the water of life. We're the ones who get to experience God. We're the ones who enjoy the blessing of heaven. But not so for those talked about in verse 8. Notice this, the conjunction but. Once again, verse 7, the one who conquers will, will inherit these things. But, verse 8, the cowards, the faithless, the detestable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their share will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Now, as we look at verse 8, we understand some things. Those who practice these things is literally how this should be understood. Those who have a lifestyle, those who have a lifestyle of being a coward or faithless, detestable, murderers, sexually moral, those who do these things, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. So when I think about uh, the cowards, um, what, what is John the Revelator re really talking about? The cowards. The cowards are the unbelievers. The cowards are the vile. They are the ones who would not step up and, and trust God by faith. The cowards, uh, delos, uh, it's, it's the cowardly, the fearful, the afraid. So many times we will, to be accepted among our peers, we will not accept or live for Christ. So the cowardly, they will not inherit. They will not inherit the kingdom of God. Um, in Romans chapter 1, talks about it, verses 28 through 32, and just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper. They uh, not only uh, did these things, but they agreed with those who did those things, the cowardly, the faithless, apistos, disloyal, those who are, literally this word faithless is 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 most like is most like being disloyal to to your spouse, being disloyal to your your wife, or uh, if you're a, a lady, you're unfaithful to your husband. These are the ones who do not believe the good news about Jesus Christ. They are not faithful to Him. They are an unbeliever. Um, so going on from faithless, we have detestable. Detestable. Um, it's basically uh, those who do uh, abominable, vile, detestable things. They live in rebellion, and they seem not to even care. 
So cowards, faithless, detestable murderers. Murderers. Um, these are the ones who intentionally kill others. And and Jesus talks about not only murder, but he talks about uh, the emotion or the attitude of murder is, is anger. So murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, sorcerers. Uh, this is a, a unique word. comes from the Greek word pharmakos, uh, where we would get the word pharmacy. So those who are caught up in uh, illicit drugs, things, people who literally sell their soul to, to, have, this, to have this high, uh, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars. Their share will be in the lake that burns with fire. So here's the idea. We either conquer by grace through faith in Jesus Christ and we overcome, or we give in to the passions and lusts and the cares of this world. We give in, and basically this world is is where we place our value and our trust. Now, I've shared this several times, but it's something that I think we need to remember you need to remember this. The person who lives with a biblical worldview, we learn this from the rich young ruler. The person who lives with a biblical worldview has their eye on this world, their passions are in this world, and they're defined by three things. A person that is passionate about this world, they believe this. They believe their life and their world, it's about me. It's about here. It's about my time It's about here on the earth, and it's about now. It's about me, it's about here, and it's about now. Those who place their trust in themselves in the moment here on the earth, they're the ones ones who will not conquer. They do not conquer. They, they, They sell out to the lust and the passion of this earth, and they are the ones. They are the ones who will not inherit. They will not receive the kingdom of God. Once again, Revelation 21, verse 8, but the cowards, faithless, detestable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, those who practice these things, their share will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. So understand this. When we choose to live in rebellion, when we choose to live in rebellion, God will crush those and God will judge those and they will spend eternity separated from God in the regions of the damned. What a what a horrible horrible scene. What a horrible thought. But that's what waits those who reject the grace and the goodness of God. So how can a loving God send people to hell? God loved us so much that he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Those who reject that, if God crushed his own son on the cross to save us from our sin, the only thing that rivals or can compare to the love of God is the wrath of God. So now we're living in the day of grace, and today is the day of salvation. So if God is calling you, why wait? Because there's coming a time when the grace of God is over, and everyone without the grace of God will suffer the wrath of God. That's why it's important that that 
that we commit our lives to Christ and that we share the good news that Jesus saves. We need to share the good news that Jesus saves. So uh, we've studied Revelation 21, uh, 1 through 8. That's it for this week. So uh, I want to share with you, uh, please be much in prayer for those in your world. Maybe they might be friends or family members, neighbors or coworkers. If they don't know Jesus, please pray for them and ask God how that you might can 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 have uh, influence with them so that they come to this place where they understand Jesus Christ, what he did for them, what he's done for us, and how we can know him. So thank you for listening to the podcast this week. Next week, we'll continue looking through Revelation 21. I want to encourage you to continue listening and also to invite your family members, your friends, neighbors, and coworkers and acquaintances to join us as we continue to study the book of Revelation. I hope you have a great week, and thanks for joining us today on Light for Living.